There is what's called a sucker's choice. You know what sucker's choice is? Sucker's choice. You're, you're in sales. You probably know about that. When you give a, a customer a choice, so A and B, you know, they're going to have to choose one of them, right? A customer doesn't, doesn't like their, make their own choice. They hear A and B and they choose one of them. So there is, in a similar thing in life, there is what's called a sucker's choice. Sucker's choice in... in uh, Remember the person asked his friend, I have two options for you. Would you rather A... Spend the night with your wife. There is like beep, beep, beep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you mean? Well, I guess you need to hear the class today, Elliot. So, the question, the question is, how? The, the, I have a friend of mine who's a is a world renowned uh, speaker. His name is Rabbi Shneir Ashkenazi. He's very popular. And uh, was, unfortunately, there was a, you know him, Kira. Yeah. Unfortunately, there was a couple. Really not really considering divorce very seriously. Thank you very much. I grabbed Isaacon. Good, good move, good move. The couple considering divorce very seriously, and the rabbi, um, the wife, really liked my friend's classes. So so, my friend's classes. So somebody saw they're about to get divorced, so he did, what, she, what he did was, he said he called up the rabbi, my friend, he says, Rabbi, every, every Friday I pass by their kitchen and I hear her listening to you, your voice is like reverberating in their house. Maybe you call her up and you, maybe you could talk to her and see if she wants to hear. So, you know, it's not like, it's not like a conversation you begin with. Uh, Hi, I heard you're getting divorced. How could I help, you know? <laughs> it's, not, it's not like it's people inviting that kind of conversation. But he spoke to the husband. The husband said that he really wants to stay. Then he, he uh, tried, he, so the so husband asked him to call, to call his wife, basically. And his wife said that, you think I want to get divorced? My husband treats me like a slave. And, and so this rabbi said to her, have you ever tried to speaking to him? So she said, whenever I try speaking to him, you know what happens? Either he gets insulted for two weeks and he doesn't speak to me anymore, or he screams at me. I can't talk to him. And that's the sucker's choice people have. Fight or flight. Sometimes people get in a situation, sus, and they think that either, either I'm going to fight with the guy or I'm going to run away. And, and it's a sucker's choice because they're both wrong answers. And Light is always safe. There is, um, there is, there is a, a way to do, uh, to have a conversation with people, and to, to deliver the information you want to deliver, and to let them hear what, they, what you want them to hear without waking the bear, without waking up the bear inside of them, and then and to then to attack you. There's a way to do it. And today I want to show you a very simple, very simple thing, a very simple thing. It's, it's not so simple because when you're in this in this situation, nothing is simple. Like they say. When you want to give someone advice, you know what you should do first do? You know, don't give anyone advice until you walk a mile in their shoes. They say in America. You know why? First of all, you're a mile away. Second of all, you got their shoes. <laughs> they can attack you, right? But that's, but that's just a joke. There seriously is a way, and, and it's some, some ideas, you, know, you just want to scream them. Because you see people getting in a situation, and they don't need to be in that situation. They just need to know how to say the right thing. And we're going to discuss that. But... Before we get into that specific question, let's see how this connects very e- exactly with this week's Torah portion. This week we're learning all about the, uh, our brothers over here, the Kohanim, the priests, the Kohanim. There is no subject, I don't think, in the Torah that has as many verses devoted to it as the disease called Tzara'at. In the time of Moses, in the time of the Temple, there was a disease that people would get called Tzara'at, 
where their skin would change color. A person wakes up in the morning and the skin would change color. It came miraculously uh, because of speaking arrogantly or speaking uh, ter- saying not good things about another person. Is that leprosy? leprosy? It's not leprosy. Leprosy is a physical uh, disease that exists today, which is very contagious. And actually, an interesting thing, okay, I'll I, I get leprosy in a second, but it's not leprosy. This was a miraculous disease, does not happen anymore nowadays. So in order to determine whether someone has this disease or not, you know what you do, Isaac? You know how you figure out if someone has this disease? The, the Torah discusses various kinds of tumah. What's scientific here? Who cares what the kind of disease What is disease? Like, like, like this, uh, we can measure whatever you want. But the concept, talking about the concept. They, they, they want to get real Isaac. It's Doesn't not. It it's not just a. Get this, uh, like you are a bitter person, and then that's how you get this. You, if you're arrogant, if you were saying not good things about people, mm-hmm. it, it, it's probably where Geppetto and Pinocchio came from. Probably, that, that, probably that's probably that's where the idea came from. Uh, it, it's, 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 but it's real. The only difference between this and Pinocchio. Pinocchio has the one with the whale in it too. No, 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 no. We'll have a class in Disney another time. <laughs> right now, right now, let's get back to the the sky with the disease. So, in order, what happens is your person wakes up in the morning and they have the skin skin color change. What color would it change? It depends. It could be it depends on what part of the body. It could be usually it was a shades of white. Yeah. Yes, Isaac. Okay, Isaac is gonna. He actually was supposed to be the class this week. <laughs> the way it worked actually was the first thing that would happen would be would be it would come to the house. There would, there would, there would be a change of the color in the house, and then the, the Kohen would come and would examine it, and the Kohen would say, "Thank you." The Kohen would say, "This house, you got you got to take off those those bricks where it has that." And then the Kohen would come back, and if the disease came back again. To tear down the wall, and you know what would happen? Isaac came back again, tear down the whole house. They would tear down the whole house. But that wasn't it. Let's say, I'll get there in a second. The guy who has it, the guy gets this message from God, right? He gets a message that stop saying bad things about people. Stop. Look at your house. You're tearing down your house. But he wouldn't stop. So what happened next would be it would happen. His clothing would change color. His clothing would change color, and they have to burn the clothing. But the guy wouldn't stop. And then what happened after the after the guy wouldn't stop? Then he, his skin color would change. Now the Salem witches is another class. After the after the Disney class, we'll go to the Salem witches class. But his skin would change color, and when his skin changed color, he had to go to a kohen to determine whether or not his disease had hap- actually happened. The point, right? Oh, yes. And that's our question today. So the question is, why only a kohen? Why a kohen? You're a kohen. Okay. Thank you for thank you for, for uh, so, so, so the question is, why the kohen? What's so special about a kohen? We have a couple kohenim here. Kohenim, as we know, the kohenim here are very intelligent. They're very sensitive people. But in order to be in order to actually determine if someone has a skin color disease, you don't have to be intelligent. In fact, this is what would happen. Let's say you are a coin who is ignorant. You don't know anything. There are actually 72 shades of, of this disease that could, that were, that were questionable and that could, that could be considered having the disease or not. 
And in order for to determine, you have to really know. But the coin, let's say a coin doesn't know anything. You know what the coin would do? The coin, let's say Eli was knowledgeable and Sas wasn't knowledgeable. You know what happened? Sas would say, Eli, we've got to go examine this guy. The, the guy has this disease. You know what, what happened? Eli would say, you look at it, say, say it's Tame. And, and Sas would say, okay, it's Tame. Only if he say, says it. They also said even the youngest, only the only Kohen was a young man, 14, 15 years old, still go by him. It's only the right, right. Exactly. So it's almost like it's a divine... And that's our question today. Mm. What's so special about the Kohen that he has that power? The Kohen, to be a Kohen, you don't have to be intelligent. You don't have to... Be, you just have the genealogy. Your great-grandfather was Aaron. That's how you're a Kohen. So what is it... The gene. The gene. It's a gene. So what is it... What is it that allows you to make this determination? So to understand this a little better, let's first say this. When the guy got the disease, what happened to him? He had to be quarantined. But not like corona quarantine. He had to be quarantined in a different kind of way. He was sent outside the camp. He wasn't allowed to talk. He, he, no one could be around. He had to say, I am Tamei, I am Tamei, stay away from me. The Torah says, because when you say not good things about people, what, what, you do is, you, what, you, what you do is you cause people to be distant from each other. If I say, hey, Avi is a wonderful guy, you want to hang out with him. If I say, you know, Avi, all I need to do is like this. <laughs> and that's it. You're like, okay, whenever, whenever you see Avi, you're going to be thinking... You know, and, and that's it. You're going to walk out the side of the room. And by the way, Avi is a fantastic guy. It's just, just, just you should know. Um, so the question is, again, why is it the coin? So there is one explanation of the Meshach Chachma. Meshach Chachma says that Meir Simcha, the Rav of Dvinsk. Dvinsk is a little bit north of Tehran. Anyways, you want to know where Dvinsk is. So Dvinsk, Dvinsk. It's also north of, of, of uh, Chalab. Anyway, so <laughs> either way, so he said like this: You know why the Kohen would go and do this? Because the Kohen was protected by God. The, the Mitzorah, the guy who has this disease, it, it's contagious, and since it's contagious, he wanted someone to go there who's not going to get affected. And therefore, the Kohen has a special protection by God because he is the one who serves God in the temple. He is the one who would go because he, he, he's he's safe. That's what he said. It's a little bit, a little bit questionable what he said because the, the, the halacha is: let's say someone gets married, next day he wakes up in the morning and boom, Pinocchio, he has the white collar on him. What happens? Does he have to end all of a sudden the shavu brachot? He ends the wedding and he has to go get quarantine. The answer is no. You, no. She and he are allowed to stay together for the whole seven days party after the wedding, the shavu brachot, and then they go to the kohen and then he he, they, he gets declared to be tamei. So he's not Tamei, he's not contagious. By the way, the people ask the question, how is it possible that he got this disease? Doesn't the Torah say, once you get married, you get forgiven for your sins? You know what happened? As soon as he got married, he and his wife started speaking with their mother-in-law. So that's, that's how he got... That's what happens, unfortunately. Either way, so that's what Mishra Chachma, though, says. He says that the, the, it's contagious. That's his interpretation. The Klayakar says something else. The Klayakar says, a Kohen is exactly the opposite. Of the of the Mitzorah, the, the Kohen is someone who is a servant to the people. This guy just wants to get a good laugh, and, and therefore he makes fun of people. There's actually three kinds of disease, three kinds of color. The Torah says, The three kinds of color are the three reasons people say bad things about people. You say something bad about someone because you know what say it means? You want to be lifted up, you want to feel good. How do you feel good? You step on somebody. That's one reason a person might say something bad about someone. Or, when you fit in with the group, everyone's like, you know, there's a group, there's a chevra, there's a clique. How you get in with a clique? 
Sapachat. Sapachat means you want to join the group. So there, or this is the worst one. The worst one is Beherit. You know what Beherit is? Beherit the people say, I just want to be the voice of moral clarity. I want to be clear. The people are saying this and that, so I have to go stand up and say what the right thing is. That's the, you know why that's the worst one? Because once you have like, like all these good reasons, like these reasons of justice or why you're doing what you're doing, you'll never stop. As long as you know you're doing this because you want to fit in, you want to lift yourself up, so eventually one day you'll be like, okay, I shouldn't do this. But if you're doing this because you're the voice of moral clarity, you're never, ever going to stop. Anyways, so this is, this is the condition. And uh, the question is, what's so special? Why, why, why the Kohen? Why do we trust the Kohen? There are a lot of laws of the Torah. You ask a doctor. Ask a doctor to know what to do. Like, uh, there are a lot of things you ask a rabbi. You ask a rabbi. Here, don't ask the Kohen. Don't ask the rabbi. Don't ask the doctor. Ask the Kohen. What in the world... Do we trust the Kohen for? What does the Kohen have in him that we don't have when you go to the Kohen? Can the Kohen self-diagnose? Can the Kohen self-diagnose? The answer is no. The Kohen can't self-diagnose. It says, it's actually an interesting thing you're, you're, you're reminding me of. Because Which has three translations. The simple translation is you can see everyone else's disease but you're not allowed to determine your own. That's a simple translation. Another translation of that same sentence is you're, you can only see someone else's disease. Your own disease, you'll never know. Your own problems, you'll never know. Whatever disease you, you could see, you can only see in others. And yourself, all sins that we have, our self-love covers up our sins. Ah, doesn't 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 see that? <laughs> the camels not see. It, it, it's, that's correct. Camel cannot, cannot see the is is um. So, so, so that's the one. The second translation. Kohen Gaim, a person could see all diseases except for his own, because as King Solomon says, we have self love for for ourselves, and therefore we ignore our, our faults. I, that's why you can live with your faults, because you know you you know better than anybody else what faults you have. But you can live with them because Hashem built in every person this, this thing of self-love. But there's a third translation. third translation is, Why do you see problems in others? Because you see a measure of, mirror of yourself. But you only notice the problems in others but, uh, it, that, that mirror something of yourself. That's what the Baal explains. Anyway, so... Right. Very good. Anyone who declares someone else to have a mum, to have a blemish, is because of his own blemish. So... This um, the question again is what, what, why the coin and let's let's uh, say this this guy comes to the synagogue and he says Rabbi you know uh, I need to get an aliyah kohen because I'm a kohen Rabbi's like okay he gets an aliyah and and then he, as he's coming down from the, the from the the uh, the bima someone sees him from his hometown and this guy is the Rav Harashi the head rabbi of the whole city and he's an old man and he sees this guy he says. I, we know our families know each other for, for 300 years. Not You're not a coin. What are you doing? Is listen. If you could be the head rabbi, I could be a coin. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the answer to our question is like this: There's one thing that a coin has. A coin has coin. And listen up. We know, you got to know what, you, what your gifts are. <laughs> your gift. <laughs> the gift of a kohen is kohen ish chesed. A kohen is a man of kindness. You notice there are. There are. Uh, I'm not saying that there aren't any angry kohenim. There aren't any arrogant kohenim. There are, but th- there's one thing that God trusted a kohen with. 
It says in the Talmud that Koinim have are very have a lot of alacrity. They're very and they're very discerning. That's the word makpid doesn't necessarily mean angry. It means they're very discerning. They're, 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 they judge things, but they're always like getting involved and like giving. They're always like the people which are the rabbi or the, head of the, or the president or they want to get involved. They want to be part of the action, and that's why the Torah says the coin should bless the people. Here you have a, a, let's say a random example. This guy named let's say Sas Barsakar. And he's, he comes he comes to the, he comes to this Chareji synagogue with Ashkenazim one day because he doesn't want one day he leaves his homies and he comes to hang out with the Ashkenazim and he comes to Beit Betzalel on Pico and he and, and he's outside he's outside it's the holiday of Shavuot Moed de Gol it's Moed de Gol and he's having he's having a cigarette outside getting a breather he's talking like everybody else he's, he's talking about about Biden he's talking about whatever he's talking about. And then someone says, It's Birchat Kohanim. Oh my God, it's Birchat Kohanim. And he gets up, and all of a sudden, he's the guy. He's in front of the whole synagogue. He puts his hands up and says, Sas, bless us. You know, what happened? What does he have that he all of a sudden becomes the guy? Like, it wasn't like he was the guy who's praying the most, the guy who studied the most, the guy who the whole, every day comes to the synagogue. All of a sudden, like, it's like he's up in the front, his hands are out there, like, Bless us, Sas. What does the guy have? Doesn't have to be righteous. Doesn't have to be righteous. What does he have? The answer is, the answer is, before the coin blesses us, the coin blesses us. He says a blessing. He thanks God for the mitzvah. What does, what's the blessing he says? Thank you God for the mitzvah. Levarech et amo Yisrael biava. Thank you for the mitzvah of blessing your people with love. You are the messenger. But what's the message? No, the, you are the messenger. Right, but why are you the messenger? Why aren't I the messenger? I, you know, the expression second fiddle in English. I am a levy. I am I am the guy who played the fiddle, and I was the second fiddle to you in the temple. You guys, you guys were the guy in, in charge over there. You brought the sacrifices, and I was playing the fiddle. You know how come you're the guy and I'm second fiddle? What do you have? So the answer is the kohen has a power to bless the Jewish people. The Torah says he, God commands the kohen to bless Jewish people with love. Kohenim have this nature of kindness and love in them, and uh, but, and even though it. That's the language of the blessing. You don't actually find in the Torah the words, I want you to bless the Jewish people with, with love. The words with love aren't in the Torah. They're, that's the only blessing that we add the word love to. Like, well, doesn't say when you. Only one. When you put on tefillin, doesn't say. We just said the bracha on tefillin, right? We just said the bracha. Thank you, Hashem, for the midst of putting on tefillin. Doesn't say that. Doesn't say with love. Doesn't say you put on mezuzah with love. Doesn't say you light the menorah with love. Doesn't say you eat matzah with love. Doesn't say anything with love. Only the Kohen blesses Jewish people with love. Where does the love come from? What is it talking about? It doesn't even say in the Torah either. It doesn't, it's a blessing. It doesn't say in the Torah it has to be with love. You know where it, where it comes from? When you have a God willing, uh, those who haven't blessed, blessed the children yet, but you'll see God willing your children, one of your kids comes over to you and says, Dad, my brother, Shimmy, he needs, he need, he needs help with something. Nothing of father, Shimmy. Shimmy, the father melts. He sees his kid asking for his brother. The father melts. Doesn't matter what's going on with him that day. He sees one of one of his one of his kids asks for a sibling, asking for himself. So the father melts. That's what the coin who have the power to do. They have this nature of caring, and that's why they're able to give the great blessing. Because the, in order for blessing to work, you know, Jewish curses unfortunately are a lot more successful than Jewish blessings. You know why? You curse somebody out, you mean it. <laughs> but it's worth giving a blessing with love. Because it, it, it has the same effect. So, so that's the reason why God trusts the Kohen. It gives the Kohen the keys to kick someone out of the camp. 
You know what, what it means to, to put somebody down and to shame them and send them out of the camp? It's a big embarrassment. A rabbi, when he says the halacha, he says tamay in Iran. You know what tamay means in Iran? In Iran, the word tamay means like you're, you're abominable, you're disgusting, you're tamay, charabe. It's, it's Hebrew, but tameas, tameas, right? Tameas, 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 ich, fe. So, so, it, 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 it's a very, it's a very strong word. Haram. Haram. It's a very strong word, and it's not a word that the Torah wants to trust rabbis with. Because rabbis are people, rabbis are people who are supposed to say the truth. Truth is not what's needed over here. You don't need to have truth. Rabbis could get to the truth. That's not so bad. But what's needed over here is not the truth of you. What's needed over here is to understand the person that's going, that, that you're talking to. What's, what needs to happen over here is to know this person, this, this is the only choice, send them out of the camp to embarrass the person. The Chafetz Chaim, great, great, great Torah scholar, was once invited to this town to uh, deliver words of Torah. And he's staying at, at the Yankel's house. Yankel was a rich guy in town. He stays at Yankel's house. And Yankel comes home and he sees that the chalot, the challah on the table, doesn't have a cover on it. And you now Yankel is really embarrassed because the leader of the Jewish people, the Chafetz Chaim, is in his house and he looks like he's an ignorant person. Like, don't you know the challah is supposed to be covered? So what does he do? He, he, he says, Freidel, challah, cover, come on, don't you, don't you know the challah has to be covered? Now, his, what happens? What happens? You know what happens? His wife is mortified. For three days, she's working day and night because she knows the Chafetz Chaim is coming to her house. And here, he, he embarrasses his wife because of the challah. You know what the Chafetz Chaim said to him? It's unbelievable. Chafetz Chaim said to him, tell me, uh, Yankel, why do we cover the chalot? He doesn't know. He knows. He wants to show he knows. He wants to say, I know. He says, you know, Chafetz Chaim, I know. I, know. I think I don't know. I know. Because when, when you make the Kiddush, when you make the Kiddush on Friday night, you know what happens? When you give attention to the wine... It's like you're ignoring the bread. So we don't want to shame the bread. And therefore we like cover the bread so that the bread is not shamed when we focus on the wine. So the Chalot Chaim says, very good. Now I'm asking a question. Has a piece of bread ever been so shamed that it got in the middle of the meal with teary-eyed and runs in his room and closes the door and says, I don't want to talk to you anymore? Has it ever happened? Has a piece of bread ever been turned red? Has a piece of bread gotten so upset? No. It never happened. But people are like, people, the bread doesn't ever get embarrassed. But the Torah wants us to show respect to even inanimate things who don't have feelings. And if the Torah wants us to show respect even to inanimate things, can you imagine the respect the Torah wants us to give to other people? And therefore, what do you do? You shamed your wife to protect the bread. <laughs> That's what Chavaz Chaim said. Exactly. Exactly. And this is why the Torah tells us to trust the Kohen. God said, I'll give the keys to this thing of, of sending someone out the, outside the camp only if someone's really speaking with love, only if someone really cares and he really, really feels the other person, then he, he could be trusted by Hashem. It goes even further. You know the famous story when Miriam wanted her brother Moshe Rabbeinu to, to stay with his wife? You know the story? In short, Miriam spoke negatively about Moshe Rabbeinu because Moshe had to separate from his wife after God spoke to him. And she got this disease because it says you get the disease when you say something negative. So she got the disease. So, what, what, so Aaron couldn't, the Talmud says, so who made her pure? You have to have the Kohen say that she should be pure. And if the Kohen say that she's not pure in order for the process to start. 
So who was the Kohen at that time? It couldn't be Aaron, because Aaron's her brother. Her brother's not kosher. It can't be Moses, because Moses isn't kosher to, uh, he, he's not a Kohen. Only a Kohen can do it. Even Moshe Rabbeinu can't do it. Only, even Moses. So the, the Talmud says that God himself is a Kohen. God is called a Kohen. Therefore, God is the one who made it. Uh, who, who declared that she is she is pure? So what? So the special quality of the, co- of the coin is the coin has this empathy. Coinim maybe get angry, or whatever. They don't have they don't have apathy. Apathy is is something that other people have. Coinim have this have this nature of, of care. Now, human nature is is very complex. It's possible for a person to to feign apathy and to get used to it. Unfortunately. You know, what difference between uh, ignorance and apathy? I don't know, and I don't care. It's possible for the person to get into that zone by, by speaking in a sarcastic way, whatever. But I'm just talking about the nature Hashem gave a coin is, is love and care. And it's not just a message for coin. Each of us also has inside of us this power of a coin, and this will help us address our question we started with. How do you not get into that sucker's choice of, of fight or flight? Of either giving the message and making a fight or, or not giving the message? The key really is, is that in order for someone to want to listen to you, what happens when someone gives you criticism? You know what you do when someone gives you criticism? You shut the, the shut, you put the shutters of your, of your mind and heart, and you close them. I don't want to hear any criticism. But if someone really cares about me, and, they, and, and it's, it's their tone, I can tell they care about me, and not just their tone, their actions, so then, then I, want to, I want to hear what they have to say. The Talmud says that uh, when, a husband tells a, when a wife tells a husband, there is a little bit of a, a, a splinter between your teeth. The, hus- the husband responds and says, there's a board uh, between your, your eyes. Very good. You have to give the class next week. So, 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 the, so the, the, um, where this comes from is, the reason this happens is because our respect, the Talmud says a famous thing. The Talmud says, it's better to jump into a furnace than to embarrass somebody. That's what Thomas says. Better to jump into a furnace than to embarrass somebody. That's actually what happened with Tamar. Tamar, I'm not going to go, go, go to the whole story right now, but Tamar was, knew that Yehuda had done something, and in order to protect Yehuda, she didn't say what he did, and she was about to get killed. And the Talmud asks, what are you thinking about? How can you do that? And the Talmud says, when you learn from here, it's better to die and jump into a fire than to embarrass someone. That's a great thing to have in your refrigerator. But this is practical. This was real. She was actually going to die and until until you said, I, "I I did the I did this. It was my fault. Whatever." But why was she ready? To, why was she ready to die? It's not, why can you die? She's not actually going to die. Not not just a nice thing on the refrigerator, a nice bumper sticker. It's better to die than to get embarrassed. Someone. It wasn't a bumper sticker. She actually got about to get killed. You know why she was going to do it? The Torah says that embarrassing someone is murder. Embarrassing someone is actually murdering them. And then embarrassing someone is murdering someone. She said. Why is my blood redder than his? It's not, it's not a question of getting killed or, or I'm going to kill myself and, and protect his honor. Honor is you. Your honor, is, your prestige is yourself. And when you would criticize someone, you're attacking their very core. And that's why they react. They criticize you back. That's why Judaism, the opposite, is the biggest mitzvah is to give somebody push him up. Push him up, and that's one of the biggest things about 100%. And also, Isaac, also, in order to give someone the criticism, you have to fill them up first. You have to fill them up. You have to lift them up. And, and, and if you work on them and give them and give them for a month, instead of embarrassing, instead of embarrassing them. I, I was lucky. I, when I was in fourth grade, I had a teacher. This teacher was, I love Ashley, passed away already, a very special man. He came over to me. I, I decided that school wasn't for me in fourth grade. I skipped the whole semester. Don't ask me how that happened. I skipped the whole semester. 
Yeah, I, I, I missed the Torah portion of Ayishlach, and I also didn't learn about, a lot about making book reports, so that's why it's, it's, it's still with me today. Anyways, so, so, so um, this teacher, Ray Pollock, he came over to me and gave me a piece of gum, which in Worcester, Massachusetts at the time, it was impossible to get kosher gum. For me, kosher gum was like, was like a diamond. Kosher gum in fourth grade, three pieces of gum. I remember there was like a little package with three pieces of gum in there. Like, wow, three pieces of gum is incredible. And, and he, didn't, he really cared. He really cared and he, and he was consistent. I didn't really trust him, but he really cared and he really like, like, like gave me respect and honor and care. And I wanted to listen to him and I wanted to learn from him. And I, and I actually did learn from him because, because he cared. And that's, that's the um, trick. I remember when I was, when I was in uh, Yeshiva in New Haven, Connecticut. I'll, I'll tell you one more story. I'll let you guys go. Find three more stories. Find seven more stories. Okay, I'll let you guys go one more story. I'll let you go after one more story. When, there was, when I was in New Haven, Connecticut, there was a, 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 uh, I was studying Yeshiva there. There was a janitor there. A janitor, uh, whenever we were the Yeshiva students, and he wasn't religious at all. But you know, we're in Chabad. We always are told to care for other people. Ask people to put on tefillin. So we always ask the janitor, hey, you want to put on tefillin? Ivan, put on put on film. Ivan's like, no, 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 never. But one morning, I, I, we had an all night uh, for bringing. It was four thirty in the morning. Everyone went to sleep, and I was still up. And Ivan came to do his job. I had to clean up from the whole for bringing. So, so I just I I, I, sat, I sat with him, and I and I uh, that's I, I helped him clean up the whole for bringing. And after I helped him clean up the whole for bringing for an hour, and I said, hey, Ivan, you want to put on film? Sure, sure, of course. My, my what's the question? <laughs> so. So the, 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 the question really is, does the other person know that you care? No one knows how much, no one cares how much you know until they know how much you care. Last story, last, last story, fine. Okay, fine, no more stories. Can we, one more story or no? One more story, okay. The, 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 you know, it, when you were growing up in Iran, you, you had these games you played, right? So in, in Lubavitch, in the Rebbe's grandfather's house, they also had games. What were the games they would play in the Rebbe's house? They would play Rebbe and Chassid. Because no, Rebbe and Chassid. It's a different game. It's it's, it's sort of okay. Anyway, so the, 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 there were two brothers. One was Reb Zalman Arin, and one was Rashab. Reb Zalman Arin, the older brother, he is he is pretending to be the Rebbe, and his little brother is trying to be the Chassid. And his little brother goes over to me and says, "Older brother, Rebbe, I need to fix something in me. What do you need to fix?" He said, "I did something on Shabbat which wasn't so kosher." So his older brother says, the advice for you is, you need to pray from now on in a siddur. You can't just pray from memory. Every time you pray, you have to look in the siddur. So after he spoke to his brother, his mother asked him, are you going to do what he said? He said, no, no way. He said, why not? He says, he's not a rebbe, and his advice won't work. He says, why not? Why is he not a rebbe? He said, because a rebbe, before he gives someone advice, he sighs. He does what? He sighs. libo. He, he, he cares and he sighs and he's bothered. And that's why the advice works. That's why the advice works. He feels other person and he sighs. And that's why the advice works. But he, he didn't sigh and the advice is not going to work. So that's, that's the bottom line. In order, the reason we trust the Kohen, two, two things. The we trust the Kohen, he'll know when to say it. And we'll also trust the Kohen because he'll know the, that he'll say it in a way the person want to receive it. If the Kohen gives the guy the chesed, he will never, he'll be very, very careful before he says to send someone away from the camp. And number two, when he finally does send the guy away from the camp, because he he's going to cry with the guy and hold his hand, and that's why the guy's going to hear him. Right, right, right. Thank you. This is a very good